The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. Welcome to the show, and get ready. I mean it. Get ready. This is our month. This is National Epilepsy Month in the United States, and what a way to kick it off than with a great civil rights leader, a national champion, a person that is changing the way people think about epilepsy in the United States. It is, may I say, an honor and a pleasure to have with us today the founder of Cure, Miss Susan Axelrod. Thank you, Joyce. That's quite an introduction. Well, Susan, it's a pleasure to be I'm, here. No Kate, I'm no Katie Couric, but we'll do the best we can. I don't know about that. No. And let me just say this, as a woman with epilepsy, I want to thank you because, you know, all my guests throughout the world that are listening to the show, you've heard me all tell you so many times how few people even want to say they have epilepsy. And to see in one year epilepsy on the front of Newsweek, Parade Magazine, and then on 60 Minutes. I mean, I couldn't believe my eyes. Yeah. And I've, I've got to tell all of you, it is because of this woman. You know, I can't take any credit for any of it. She did all of it on her own. Uh, and, Susan, I want to thank you for what you're doing. Well, listen, I, I think that there's a, there's a whole community out there to thank. So, uh, you know, much as, much as it uh, is uh, humbling to hear all those all those uh, accolades. I, I really um, there's there's a whole lot of people who have uh, worked hard to to make this happen. And I you know I know you agree with me when um, when I say it's about time. Uh, it's about time is right. It's about time. It's about time. Well, Susan, before we begin, for all of our listeners throughout the world, would you mind telling them what is Cure and why you started the organization? Yeah, so 28 years ago, my daughter uh, was born, um, and I uh, was was uh, blessed to have a, a, a healthy um, and uh, bubbly and delightful uh, young young baby. And uh, one night, I put her into her crib to go to sleep, and the next morning, when I came to get her out of bed she was limp and she was blue and she um immediately went into a seizure which i like many people had no idea um how to identify i mean it was just this sort of odd thing that began to happen to her body and um from that day on she had um uncontrollable seizures uh, i took her to the emergency room she had a couple more of these events and they informed me what was going on, um, and we spent uh, a good part of the next um, 18 years in hospitals and having tests and going through um, 23 different medications and vagal nerve stimulation and ketogenic diet and 
nothing would keep her seizures at bay for more than maybe a, a month or two at a time, and then she would break through with these really horrendous clusters of seizures that that um, either required hospitalization or required um, fairly major intervention, um, essentially almost putting her into a, a drug-induced coma to, to stop the clusters. And so one day, um, I, this had been building up over 18 years, but we had uh, uh, subjected her to a surgical evaluation, um, which was a pretty horrendous procedure in and of itself where they bore holes into her skull and implanted the electrodes directly onto the surface of the brain to see if they could localize where the seizures were coming from. And, you know, this, was, this alone was like a seven-hour uh, neurosurgical procedure with some fairly significant inherent risk in, in it. Um, and when they did the study, uh, withdrew medications to bring on seizures, they discovered that they still could not find where the seizures were coming from. And that, for me, was this sort of pivotal day uh, because I really felt we had we had run out of any options and I I went home and I wept sort of inconsolably for about 24 hours and then thought you know I could do this forever or I could start sort of trying to shake things up and I you know we began um, with with the um, company encouragement and um, power that that friends um, give you, uh, we started looking at what was going on in the research world for epilepsy and really found that the, the budget at the National Institutes of Health um, was not adequate for the number of people impacted and the severity of the disease. And, um, you know, there, you know, Joyce, I think it's uh, estimated that about 40% of people with epilepsy do not enjoy seizure control. Um, and we have um, 40 to 50,000 people who die of seizure-related causes, which is equivalent to breast cancer, and yet the funding just in no way compares to that. Um, and then even to look at the private dollars invested, um, and a light bulb went off, and I, we thought to ourselves, you know, this is just not acceptable. Um, in this day when you would think as long as this disease has been known that um, we would have some uh, some better solutions out there um, and why can't we just stop a seizure? I mean, that, that was simply all I wanted. I wasn't even sort of thinking of it in terms of the disease process, just we need to be able to stop the seizures. And so that that is what, that's where CURE came from, uh, was the, the grief and... Um, despair of, of parents who were watching their kids' lives be destroyed by this um, and the realization that there's an incredible opportunity out here because there has not been the investment of time, energy, and resources into the research that needs to be done. So as challenging as it is, we prefer to look at it as an amazing opportunity because I think so little is understood that, that we can only make progress. Um, and that's what we do at Cure. We are um, we raise money for research, and we give out grants to people with innovative, cutting-edge, novel approaches to to looking at this and in different and new ways, and and trying to come up with cures. And and Susan, in case someone wants to look into that more, what is that website? Yeah, our website is www.cureepilepsy.org. So it's C U R E 
E-P-I-L-E-P-S-Y dot org. And if you visit there, you can see, you know, different ways to get involved and you can take a look at the grants. We've, we've invested, uh, $10 million so far in research and given out about 90 different, uh, research awards to, um, to people around the world, in fact. Um, anybody who comes to us with a good idea is eligible for funding. Um, so, you know, we, wel- we welcome visitors to that site and, and hope you'll come and sort of get excited about the, the movement. Yeah, two things I want to say about this. Number one is, uh, as most of you know, you know, I'm the chairman of the board of the National Epilepsy Foundation, mm-hmm. and it is my intent over the next two years to be working with Susan and with CURE in any way we need to to collaborate because together we can do much more than not working together. And and, and that is why I am absolutely so impressed with what she has done because, you know, you really don't know what a seizure is like unless you have one or you have a child or a spouse or someone. Mm -hmm. But being that I have epilepsy, I know how terrible that is. And that's the second thing I want to say. Most of you know that... You know, people like me, Alan Fanica, Tony Coelho, a lot of us, our epilepsy is pretty much controlled through medication, but I want to make it clear to you that there are many, many, many where it is not in any way, shape, or form controlled. There are children that have hundreds of seizures per day. There are people that have died from epilepsy. It is an entire spectrum. It starts at one end, it goes to the other end. Just as Susan mentioned, You know, you can have cancer, but there are degrees to which you can have cancer. When she was talking about, sadly, that all this money goes to, you know, breast cancer but not to epilepsy, and I'm thinking, yeah, and people don't realize that with epilepsy, it is a spectrum, and, you know, folks, we need your support because there are people where it is not controlled. And to me, one seizure a year would be too much, let alone hundreds per day. And I know Lauren was having like multiple seizures per day. Isn't that true? Yes, that's true. That's true. She would have sometimes up to 25 a day. And, you know, at that time, we're talking 28 years ago when when she began, um, the belief was that these would not would not damage her, her developing brain. And, and yet I think every parent that I knew who was watching their child go through this knew otherwise. Um, and I think now with advances in imaging and just general advances in the understanding of this disease, we recognize, as you said, every seizure um, is is significant. Um, you know, and, and again, that, that sort of varies in, you know, in a spectrum as well. I mean, it, it could cost you your driver's license. It could also be the seizure, though, that that doesn't stop and causes brain damage, or it could be the seizure that happens in a bathtub or in a car, and I, I don't mean to be, you know, in any way frightening to people, but I just, I think that uh, even those, like yourself, Joyce, you know, we, we just really re- need everybody to recognize that the research is so important for all of us, um, and, you know, it may be on the surface it appears that it's most important for those who are struggling the most, but as you said, every single seizure is is of paramount importance, and, um, you know, we just need to stop them all. Um, That's right. And, you know, for those of you listening, remember, 
the seizure that changed my whole life, although I had been having them and they were misdiagnosed, was the seizure where I fell and hit the floor so hard that I fractured my skull, broke all the bones in my ear, and ended up having life-saving brain surgery. So there's that example that she's talking about. You know, it, it is serious. Yeah. And many of us today, you know, are out there living our life fully, but many are not. And if you are a person with epilepsy, you should be out there working for everyone of every level. And that's what Susan's trying to say. Mm-hmm. And a question that I wanted to ask you, Susan, is why do you think so many people do not understand epilepsy? I mean, I saw that segment with you and your husband uh, and your daughter on 60 Minutes, and I want to tell you it was fantastic, very educational, and I was also happy they included the uh, soldiers you know, what, what is yeah. happening with them. But I had many people tell me, wow. They had no idea. All of this. Yeah. yeah. And I, well, I'm sure you had many people tell you that. You know, why do you think that is? Yeah. I mean, you know, we discovered that when we first founded Cure 11 years ago now, and we had our very first benefit, uh, back in Chicago. And we, we always make a point, um, of trying to have a significant part of our benefit be focused attention on what the cause is and really do some educating and some awareness raising. And we were so struck after that first benefit by how many people wrote, called, emailed, um, came up to us that night and said, my God, I had no idea. And I, I grapple with this all the time, Joyce. I don't, I don't really understand why it has been something that's been kept in the closet for all these years, because what what I've what I have seen, um, and I'm sure you've seen through your professional involvement, but especially with this year, with all the publicity we've enjoyed, is that um, so many people have epilepsy in their families, have it themselves, have it in their families, have it with a loved one, and I, you know, it, it used to be, is, is even as recently as maybe three years ago, that when somebody would come up to me and say. Thank you for what you're doing. I lost a child, or you know, give me some sort of story. Um, I would be surprised, and no longer. I mean, I, I almost expect that everybody I know has a story about how epilepsy has has touched them fairly closely. Um, so it's a hugely prevalent, common um, disease or disorder, or whatever you choose to call it. Um, and I think that. Um, for way too long. I mean, I think it, it, uh, many brain diseases are are like this, or disorders of the brain. Um, I think the mental illness uh, community fights the same thing. You know, any any time that there are behaviors that are frightening to people, and a seizure could be looked at as a behavior um, that's beyond the control of the person who's having the seizure, that other people don't understand it, and so they tend to sort of shy away and be frightened and not want to talk about it. Um, and that's really why we added to our mission statement early on that we need to raise awareness. And, and I believe, um, you know, I, we're, we've been blessed this last year to have major platforms from which to share our story. But even before then, I mean, every time I'd get on an airplane, every time I would, you know, sit down and the person next to me would would voluntarily speak to me, I was talking about epilepsy because I don't think we can do it enough as a community. I just think we need to bring it out, make it something that people are comfortable sharing. Um, and I'm sure you, you feel the same, Joyce. I mean, it's, it's, 
it's really remarkable how many people this impacts. Well, you know, I know there's something that you maybe aren't realizing, and it's because you are a very humble person. I learned that when I met you that day for breakfast. But, you know, do you have any idea what a blessing you are being to all of us with epilepsy how you've been able to bring this to the public attention. I mean, you have no idea how many people have called me about this, so I just want you to know that you are having a tremendous impact on people. Tremendous. With that, all of, I mean, and again, it's because people are ashamed, people keep it in the closet, mm-hmm. people don't want to talk about it, and yet right there at the beginning of that 60 Minutes episode when they said, there are three, when Katie Couric said there are three million Americans living with epilepsy, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it's more than that. I think it is. I, I'm too. sure. Yeah. Don't you think it's probably more than that? Mm-hmm. It's I, three I, million that we know. Right, right. And that's another thing, you know, that I, that I, I hope we can, uh, we can do is really sort of collect some, some better and more accurate surveillance. Um, on this because I think, you know, and I, I'm sure you've had this experience too, but I meet so many people who don't identify themselves or their loved one as having epilepsy. They have seizures or a seizure disorder. And in fact, in fact, in my personal case, um, it was several years before anybody used the word epilepsy with regards to my daughter, Lauren, and they, she was diagnosed with an idiopathic seizure disorder. And when I saw the word on an EEG report that said something like epileptiform activity in the background, I panicked because I thought she had two things now, a seizure disorder and epilepsy. So, you know, I think, I think that, that along the road, those who have decided that somehow calling it seizures or seizure disorder is better, I think that it's really sort of done everybody a disservice because... You know, we need we need to emphasize to, to the to the world. You know how many people have this, and the, you know for somebody to say, you know, oh boy, I really feel for you. I know what these horrific medications are like. I don't have epilepsy, but I have seizures after a head injury. And you want to say, like, you want to shake them, you know, and say, no, you have epilepsy. We're in this together, and. Um, so I, I agree with you totally that, that I think the numbers are probably significantly larger. Um, yeah, and that is right. I hate when people do that. Listen, if you're having seizures, you have epilepsy. Mm-hmm. I am a woman with epilepsy. Yep. That is what it is. Yeah. But yeah. you've got to call it the way it is or we're not going to get anywhere. And, Susan, I think we have a caller. Do we have a caller on the line here? Hi, Joyce. Hey, Phil, how are you? Doing great. How are you? Very nice to hear from you. I am fine. Good. I, I just to wanted to, to say hi. I just had uh, two quick things to say. First, I wanted to tell you how happy I am, uh, Susan, with, with your leadership and how thankful I am for you coming on Joyce's show. Uh, it reaches so many people, and back here in Chicago, we're listening today, and I and, uh, just wanted to thank you not only for that, but, but for the visibility that you've given to epilepsy, the, your your willingness to speak out and raise awareness is just amazing and your impact has been great and uh, the work you're doing on behalf of of millions uh, is appreciated here in Chicago and and across the country and and uh, I just want to thank you for that and and the second reason I'm calling is to ask you just your thoughts on some of the the research that's out there now uh, there's so much good 
good, solid research coming uh, forward. And I wanted to ask your opinion on, on what is the state of research today and, and what is the outlook for people with epilepsy? What, what are you excited, most excited about, um, kind of looking at the pool of the scientists and the, and the work that's being done out there, um, you know, all the investment that CURE has made uh, in, in bringing uh, some of this research forward? Uh, what's your thought on it? What's, what gets you excited about what's happening? Well, and by the way, wait, before you answer that question, yes. this is Phil Gatone. I knew who everyone. this was. Everyone, <laughs> I know that Susan knows, but just for everyone else, yeah. this is Phil Gatone uh, from the Epilepsy Affiliate in Chicago. And let me tell you what, he is a wonderful leader and a very passionate man. And, Phil, I appreciate you calling in. Sorry for that little interruption. Go ahead, Susan. <laughs> yeah, no, great. Phil, it's great to hear your voice. And, Phil, uh, for, for those who... Uh, May not know Phil is, is 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 a phenomenal advocate, and in fact, he was uh, on the founding oh. cure board. So <laughs> it's good to hear your voice. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. And um, yeah, you know, in terms of the science, and you know that I am not a scientist, so right. I, I think that the significant um, change or progress that we have made, um, and it's something that that Cure has has really decided it wants to continue to focus more and more of its efforts on is really understanding um, the the underlying mechanisms of mm. epilepsy. Um, you know, so many of our, our our drugs and so on are sort of developed um, without that in mind. They're developed more um, in terms of um, not changing the underlying diseases and mechanisms that are going on in the in the brain with epilepsy, but. Uh, really just sort of, I feel like we've been chasing seizures rather than chasing what's causing. Yes. And yes. so I think there's a, I think there's a, a switch in the conversation uh, that's happened over the last 10 years um, since the NIH had its first ever conference on curing epilepsy back in March of 2000 and then the sequel to that in, in uh, 2007. Um, and, you know, uh, that's a long-term uh, proposition, and you know, and none of us are fooling ourselves when we think we're going to, you know, understand this disease that's been around for, you know, 2,400 years. Right. Um, with a, you know, we work our tails off to raise the money, and and really are rigorous and diligent about the awards we give out. But it's it's a slow, painful process, and there's a certain amount, I think, of just uh, serendipity. Yep. What you can find, but um, you know, I think some of the exciting things. Um, now that are happening that might help people in the shorter run are, are all the sort of um, devices and things like that and the, the being able to um, potentially predict when a seizure would happen and potentially, uh, you know, administer a medication just to the point that is the focal point that's causing the seizures. Amazing. Um, as, as so many of us know, you know these these medications have horrendous side effects, um, or can have, often do have, and so you know I think the prospect is really exciting to to many of us who've lived with this. Um, that if you could just maybe pinpoint where that medication goes, and it could maybe arrest the seizure before it begins, um, you know that that's 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 really exciting work that might have um, you know real impact on quality of life while we're while we're looking to to find the cures and 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 ultimately prevention you know Joyce mentioned the um uh work with the 
uh, traumatic brain injury, which, which, as we all know, is the signature wound for for our um, warriors on the battlefield today. And uh, there was a study of Vietnam War veterans um, back in the 70s and a different kind of head injury, so we don't really know what to expect with with the type of injury that's being incurred today. But um, 53% of those um, who survived their wounds uh, during the Vietnam War developed epilepsy, and there was sometimes as long as, I think, a 15-year lag time before wow. the onset of the seizures. So you... You know, I, to me, as a lay scientist, you know, that's a really exciting opportunity because you've got this, this sort of opening there where, you know, you, you know that there's a risk. You know, you've, the person has had the head injury. And if you could start to understand what's the process by which the epilepsy develops and then, you know, down the road intervene and actually prevent the whole cascade of events for this chronic and debilitating disease. So that's, you know, there's a lot... There's a lot out there. Um, I mean, I just think there's so much that it's it really, you know, it's uh, it, it's hugely challenging, but the opportunities are fabulous. So um, I think that's that's um, that's where I see, you know, real promising things happening. Absolutely. I just wanted to say thanks for fighting the good fight, and uh, yeah, well, to you and and to David and and all of your team at Cure Michelle and everybody. And uh, on behalf of people who have seizures who are well-controlled and, and on behalf of people whose who seizures are very difficult to control, it's really appreciated what you're doing. Well, and thank uh, you. You, know, you, I know you and you Joyce know. are my favorites, two I know of my you, favorites. <laughs> I was going to say, I know you know as a parent we we wish that this had not been our children's lives. But, that's for sure. Um, if we can uh, make something make something positive out of it, that's the goal. Uh, And, Phil, thank you for everything you're doing also. Thanks, Joyce. I'm proud to be affiliated with you, Phil. (laughs) Me too. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks. for calling in, Phil. Good to hear you. All right, ladies. Take care. Okay. And, you know, this is the thing about this is that people do not realize how, how many people have epilepsy and how this can impact so many people, as Susan mentioned. You know, the soldier can come back from the war, but because of the explosion, the traumatic brain injury, can then, that can then be easily followed up by having epilepsy, and that's why it's so important that we keep talking about this. And, uh, I mean, it's just so wonderful to see this out there and to get this out there. Susan, I, I want to make sure I ask you this one question uh, before the show ends today because I'm sure we'll have other callers, and that is that I noticed on your website uh, cureepilepsy.org that you had a gentleman talk about the loss of his son. I think his name was Barry Denalty. Yeah, Donald. Uh, and, and, and about Sue Depp. I may be pronouncing his name wrong. Yeah. I apologize. That's okay. Yep. It's but Barry Donalty. Uh huh. Okay, Barry Donalty. But this mm-hmm. Sue Depp is something that, like, people don't want to talk about. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, even in the epilepsy world, it's like a lot of people don't want to talk about yep. it. Yep. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Maybe even neurologists just or I should say epileptologists, maybe they don't even tell people um, about it, but, uh, you know, this is something where the person can lose their life, and in this case he talks about the loss uh, of his son. Mm -hmm. And I wanted wanted to ask you about that. You know, first of all, why do you think this isn't discussed? I mean, I would want to know. If I have a disability and something like this can happen to me, 
Mm-hmm. I would think everyone would want to know. Yeah, and I learn a lot from. Uh, we we have a small board presently. Where we have seven people on our board, two of whom lost children to SUDEP. Christopher Donnelly was 21 um, and a senior in college, and you know, filling out applications for graduate school uh, at the time of his death. And um, and Henry. Uh, was just four and was only, I believe, a, a handful of weeks after his diagnosis. And neither of these two even fell into the, you know, what we would consider that horrible spectrum of, you know, 100 seizures a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so these were people who were living, you know, pretty full lives. Um, and when when Jean Donaldy joined our board, that's Christopher's mother. Um, she, I think, she's a, a single woman crusader who sort of went around to professional at, a, at the Professional American Epilepsy Society meeting and, and talked to people and, and she she told me, um, I think these were her words uh, I may be misquoting a little bit but um, she said when she spoke to people about her son and asked them how they approached this possibility of sudden death in epilepsy with their patients, they would say, that she said she felt toxic she said it was like they just wanted to move as far from the other side of the room as they possibly could. And if she could get a response from them, Hello? it was usually something to the yes. effect of um, I can't hear how much stress. Hold on one minute. Oh, I think we have a caller on the line. I'm sorry. Tony, are you on the line? Yes, I am. Go ahead, Tony. Hello. Hello. Go ahead. I can barely hear. I can barely Go ahead. hear. Uh, Susan? Yes. Tony Quello. Hey there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I was just calling in to say thank you, thank you, thank you. You have done more for uh, our uh, community than anybody has done in all the time that I've been involved, and that's been uh, 60 years, uh, but actually 40 years, 35 years that I've been actively involved and uh, basically... Uh, my whole thing is to talk about it, to educate people. Mm-hmm. You can pass laws and so forth, but in order to really accomplish something is to uh, educate people about uh, epilepsy and get them to understand it. And you have done more than anybody that I know. So I just wanted to uh, call in when Joyce told me you were going to be on oh, thank you. to personally call you and thank you for all that you have done uh, to educate. It's been fabulous and and you're great. So well, I want Tony, to thank, thank you, you. And coming David from further. you. I, I, Joyce and I were talking earlier about how people need to uh, be comfortable talking about their epilepsy, and I know that's something you have done for years, and um, and so that that your your voice barely is much Susan. appreciated. Um, in that regard, too. And I think, um, you know, you, you were a solo voice for a long time out there, so we're, we're really grateful for that. And I, uh, often when I'm on visits in Capitol Hill and I say, you know, I want to talk to you about epilepsy, they go, do you know Tony Coelho? So you've, you've, uh, you've really been uh, terrific in your efforts as well. And, we- and Susan, just so you know, it is Tony is the one that many, many years ago heard me saying I have a seizure disorder that said, don't, <clears throat> don't you mean you have epilepsy? Uh-huh. Good. So, and that was the last time I said I had a seizure disorder. So, Tony, 
Thank you so much for calling in. You know you are a giant to all of us. Yeah. Well, thank you, Joyce. Really appreciate it. Good to hear hear your voice. Thanks for your kind words. Okay, we love you. We we appreciate you very much. thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Before we go to this other caller, I just wanted to finish what we were talking about, then I know we have another caller. See, I knew this would happen with you on here. I probably would never be able to get through all these questions uh, because you're just, hey, too bad. Remember when I had breakfast with you and I told that guy you were really famous? <laughs> well, <laughs> in our epilepsy world anyway. Yeah. Um, you were talking, though, about SUDEP. I wanted you to yeah. finish. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I think has happened over the last few years um, is that um, we we have forced um, Gene and with the, with the support of, of CURE has really forced some conversation so that whereas the first year or two um, coming to the professional meeting, she would meet this sort of um, resistance where people would say, well, we can't talk to our patients. They have too much stress in their lives anyway or we can't talk about SUDEP because we don't understand it. And I think, you know, in general, doctors are trained to explain what they know, and if they don't know it, they have discomfort with it. Um, so, I, you know, I honestly feel that in, in, in many cases it was more the physician's discomfort than the patient's because I don't think there are many of us out there who don't wonder, you know, if when you have a seizure, um, could this take my life or, you know, the life of whoever it is that I'm involved with. Um, And so what I've seen evolve in the last few years is, you know, a task force involving several of the epilepsy organizations out there to really address um, how how this is, how it's addressed in the doctor's offices. We have a targeted research program at CURE um, in understanding the, trying to understand the mechanisms of SUDEP so that we can uh, prevent this most devastating of consequences of epilepsy. Um, and I think, you know, there are, um, there, there's real progress toward, toward bringing it out. Um, I know that in, um, in England there's a group called Epilepsy Bereaved that has um, really been working. It's an advocacy group, and they have really worked hard to bring this t- to the uh, medical professionals, and, and I think they have developed some really good and comfortable ways to, to broach the subject uh, between patients and, and doctors. And hopefully we can, um, you know, begin to understand what it is that causes this. Because as I mentioned earlier in the show, um, deaths in epilepsy are, are, are really common. I mean, they're uh, not necessarily all from SUDEP, but if you, if you add in, you know, SUDEP and status, a seizure that, that doesn't stop on its own, um, or accidental death. And injuries, right. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, that, that, 50, that, 50, right. right, like your story, yes. Joyce. So um, it's, it's, it's got to be out there. And I think, you know, just when people know it, too, it elevates um, the, um, this is going to sound a little funny, but the importance of the disease in, in the eyes of funders. Um, be they federal, you know, government people who control the budget there or private donors to research. Um, and I think for so long epilepsy was sort of thought to be a fairly benign uh, disease that really, you know, the fact that I think we raise more eyebrows when we inform people that, that this can cause deaths in greater numbers than breast cancer. 
Um, and I think that, that that just elevates the urgency and the importance of, of studying this and um, getting some answers. Well, I think, I think we have another caller on the line. Do we have a caller? Oh. Hello. Hello, Joyce. Yes. This is Judy from Pittsburgh. How are you doing? Hey, Judy, how are you? Judy. I'm doing very well. Susan, how are you hey, doing? Judy. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um been listening from the beginning, and as you well know, I've been following your career since my name was Judy Kravitz. <laughs> and uh, we're, Pittsburgh was one of the first uh, groups that were, were part of the epilepsy advocate movement, With uh, and uh, Debbie and Nancy came to speak at one of our conferences. So that's how far back we go. Yeah, yeah. Um to hear from you. Well, and Judy is our executive director because you remember my hometown is Pittsburgh. I and do she is a dynamo. That. Yes, a dynamo. Yes. I know Judy. Go ahead, Judy. Right. I remember meeting Susan the first time. She was in a in a in a, in a the lobby of a restaurant. Uh-huh. Not the lobby. She was actually in a restaurant. There were probably thirty people around her. So she was a very 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 strong and and great advocate from the very beginning. And many people followed her, and I was one of them. Um, as you're talking about SUDEP, I'm also working with a family, and we've put together a task force here in Pittsburgh. And on the task force, we had a uh, we have a medical examiner, and he says that he has just in Allegheny County uh, has at least one person a year who dies from a seizure disorder, hmm. and uh, no one knows that. Uh-huh. And uh, we've worked with doctors, and they certainly want to don't want to talk about SUDEP, and they don't want to talk about people dying from epilepsy for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, the awareness that you're bringing to the subject, because I've naturally seen you on, uh, you know, in, in Newsweek, Parade, uh, 60 Minutes. Also, I've watched you on Morning Joe. Oh, yeah. And uh, found out that Mike Barnacle has, also has a child with epilepsy. Absolutely. Yep. And, uh, you know, so many people, hopefully, you know, through your advocacy and through your work, are, are going to come out and start talking about it. Because yeah. I have found that, you know, uh, in working with the Epilepsy Foundation and the Epilepsy community for the last 21 years, that our biggest problem is that no one will talk about it. Right. right. No one will say, you know, I have epilepsy, and as a matter of fact, I have uh, data from the Child Neurology Society that talks about 300,000 children having epilepsy and 3 million children having seizures. Oh, my. So... Well. Yeah. You know, how do we, I guess to me this has been the most frustrating part of, of my job. Yeah. Um, I've certainly enjoyed working with it. I certainly have a passion for it and, and knowing, you know, uh, you know, people like Lauren and people like Joyce and, you know, what people go through having seizures and, and the stigma that's attached to it and how people don't want their children to play with other children. But, just getting through to people and being able to diagnose and say, yes, this is, uh, you know, one doctor said, you know, the difference between a seizure order, disorder and a uh, epilepsy is the same thing as the difference between a woman and a female. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. So how do we get that across? Yes, yes. It's just, it's, uh, it's mind-boggling. It's really, I, I don't, I don't understand it, but I just... I mean, I know, you know, from, from just sort of, um, you know, cocktail party conversations with advocates from other diseases that many diseases have gone through this. Um, I remember once meeting with a woman who founded um, the Diabetes Foundation, Juvenile Diabetes Foundation, and I remember saying to her, but you, don't have, you didn't have this problem 
you know, diabetes is a, you know, for lack of a better word, sexy disease. I mean, you can talk about it. And, um, mm-hmm. and she looked at me and she said, go back 30 years when we started. Um, she said this was, you know, and I, and I did reflect back on a, a, a young man that I went to school with and we, oh, we used to tease him when he had to run out and, you know. Have a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his father had to come on field trips with us and all of that, and uh, he took a lot of grief from us. So um, I think, you know, there there is, um, I think it's more challenging. I do, as I was talking earlier, I think these brain, you know, problems with brains. Right, people immediately think that there's there's going to be another emotional problem or developmental yeah, delay yeah. Or, or something. But or that they're somehow more threatened by them. They are, but even if they, if anyone can hide the fact that they have epilepsy, they do. Uh-huh, right. I mean, if, if someone is seizure-free or is controlled. Yeah. And we know there are people out there who are in that. Well, I know, and I met a man, and I don't want to take all of your time, but I met a man who... 40 years ago, was diagnosed with epilepsy. So he said at 18, he said to his doctor, you know, so I have epilepsy. And his doctor, you know, like literally jumped out of his chair, came across the desk at him, and he said, don't you ever say that word again. You will never get insurance. You will never get a job. You will never be able to go to school. People will never have you in their homes. So this is the, and I don't mean to, you know, across the board say things about the medical community. because God bless them. They work as hard as they can to help everyone. Mm-hmm. And I happen to be married to a neurologist, but, uh, you know, it's yeah. just the idea, you know, that this guy, until he met Alan Fanica, yeah. would not talk about the fact that he had epilepsy. And meeting Alan and Alan talking about the fact that he had epilepsy freed this man from a 40 years of exposure to, you know, the fear of, of if exposure. someone found out that he had epilepsy, that, that they would treat him differently. Right. Right, and unfortunately, and, people do treat you differently. And, and they and they have. Um, it, we were talking about Christopher Donnelly, who who passed away from SUDEP, um, and when he was in, I believe, fourth grade was when he was first diagnosed, and so that was not that long ago. You know, not forty years ago, certainly, and it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. His doctor told his parents, "Do not tell the school nurse. Do not tell anyone." Right, uh, and I would get uh, people would call me when I first started and say. Send me information, but don't put your return address on it. So if that's, you know, I I just wanted to call. But I do think, you know, I mean, I think we're making progress, and I do think that this, the the exposure and putting it out there. I mean, I remember the very first time I spoke at, um, I believe it was an Epilepsy Foundation gathering, and and people came up to me, and these were people who were affected by epilepsy, mostly parents of children, and came up and said, you're so brave. Thank you so much. And I, I remember being, you know, maybe I missed something completely, but I couldn't figure out why I should be considered brave. Mm-hmm. You know that why? I mean, you know, public speaking. I I need to be brave to do that, but not to talk about this epilepsy. Nobody did anything wrong. To exactly. And, exactly. Uh, it. But but you're right. It's pervasive. Um, and I just, you know, I just have to keep holding out hope. And thanks for all you've done. The over the last 21 years to to help with that, but to keep it... Um, I know, it's hard to believe that we're 21 years older, isn't it? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thank you Judy, so much. Judy, thank you for, call- thank yeah, you for and calling. Thank you, Joyce, for everything you do, and thank you, Susan, for bringing this to the forefront as it has never been brought to the forefront uh, before. Let's just, let's just keep moving it forward. It's great. It's great to have all of you. Okay, uh, you take care. Movement. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Bye.
you do realize, though, that you have achieved something that no one else could do. I mean, to get this on the national media. Mm-hmm. Uh, just as Judy said, by the way, I've got to tell you, it was my, neuro- my neurosurgeon. When I went for my first checkup and I said, oh, does this mean that I, I had epilepsy all along? Don't say that. Say seizure disorder. I have no idea why people, yeah. you know, that even in the medical profession would do that. I know. I know. And that is the reason that I said that. You know, those of you listening to the show, remember, what Susan is doing really is helping more than people with epilepsy because you can be blind and have epilepsy. You can be deaf and have epilepsy. You can have cerebral palsy and have epilepsy. You know, many of my employees, as you all know, I employ people with disabilities, have more than one disability. But i got to tell you, this thing about it not being discussed Mm-hmm. is hurting you with employment, housing, everything. Yeah. So, you know, what? What? Th- th- this is a tremendous thing that is happening that I believe is going to help people with disabilities across the board. And you're right about that. It's just, you know, the seizures um, um, or epilepsy, I caught myself there, you know, are, are a part of so many other disabilities, you know, including like autism, so many, so many children with autism, you know, either start with seizures or develop seizures later, um, and uh, you know somehow that's sort of a neglected component. Um, and I think I, I, I personally have talked to so many parents of of children with autism who have said to me, um, you know, I, we have it, we had it figured out. You know, we had the schooling, we had the routine, we had everything we needed to keep our lives on an even keel with the autism, and then all of a sudden, bang, you know, seizures. And I, I think as a, as a community, they don't often call it epilepsy either, but I'm, not, I'm hoping that they will come around to calling, calling the seizures that develop um, epilepsy because the treatments are the same, but they're finding the treatments are so debilitating, and so their worlds have been rocked again. Um, you know, and the and the, the medications can affect behavior and uh, you know ability to stay awake and ability to you know keep keep a healthy weight and everything as you as you know, Joyce. Um, so I, I I think that um, there's so much that we could help all of us you know together um, with um, if we could really you know get get this research going, keep keep open dialogue. Keep calling it epilepsy, um, and, and recognize um, how serious and prevalent this is. Um. Yes, I agree with you, and I got to tell you, uh, Susan, that today one thing I do on a volunteer basis is I work with high school students with disabilities mm-hmm. uh, to try to prepare them to be leaders and to prepare them for employment. Right. And in the past eight years, I have never seen so many young people with disabilities who are bullied to the point of them even attempting suicide. Hmm. And one recently was a young man with epilepsy, uh, and that is what happened. He, he did attempt suicide, but thank God uh, he survived. And I told all these young people about what you're doing for all of us and how you were going to be on the show. And I just wonder, you know, could you give a word of encouragement to any of these young people, you know, that, where epilepsy is not controlled and they are having seizures at school and people are making fun of them every day of their life. You know, with you, I feel we have someone 
very prominent and that you have their back. But I wonder if you could give them a word of encouragement. Oh, yeah. I just think, you know, I think we are, are, are making such, such progress with, with the research, with the attention to epilepsy, and with bringing this, bringing this out of the closet. And I think, um, you know, the problem really is, uh, hard as it is because I know it, it, it hurts. It hurts to be to be bullied and discriminated against. Um, but but you know if you can somehow turn that around um, to recognize that the person who is doing the bullying is is the weak one, uh, there is some reason um, that they feel compelled to do this. There is there is um, you know you you are the strong ones, and I think if you can. Um, Keep that in mind. If anybody is um, treating you that way, uh, that, that really the issue is theirs, not yours. Um, that that might be helpful, and I hope it's helpful. And I know the work Joyce is doing um, about you know helping you to figure out um, really good and, and constructive paths so you can continue to sort of rise above that nonsense and. and really feel good about yourselves will 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 help tremendously. So Yeah, so you helpful. see we're out there. We got a lot of people out there working for you. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have that's what you have to keep in mind because I always tell them what you just said. They're that person doing that to you, they're not the cool one you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know so you know I know it's hard you have a seizure in the hallway and Tonic clonic seizure, and there you are having people laugh at you. They are not the cool one. Mm-hmm. You are. Just That's remember right. that. That's right. You are, not them. Yep. Yep. But no, no one is worth you losing your life over. That's right. Ever. Now, now, Susan, I wanted to ask you: Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, think you'd be on sixty minutes? Uh, I can't imagine that that ever occurred to me. <laughs> Um, it was, uh, you know, it, so much um, of this year's um, progress came out of that initial parade, progress in terms of awareness came out of that initial parade piece, um, which really caught a lot of people's attention. And, um, you know, the, the, the people that reached out, um, John Meacham at, at Newsweek, um, who, and, um, and then the producers, um, at 60 Minutes, and I think you know what was what was so amazing to me was that throughout the process of putting together those pieces, the Newsweek, the um, 60 Minutes, 60 Minutes was about a an eight month project, by the way, you know, for an 11 minute segment. So um, it was a real labor of commitment and love by those people, um, and, and I think um, they they too have become huge advocates for us. Because it didn't, the, the, our, st- our story sells itself. Once you can get somebody to listen, I think I think our story sells itself. And and these people just uh, blew us away with their compassion and their um, their commitment to to representing the story fairly and accurately and in ways that would be compelling um, and affirming for those who are living with it, but compelling to those who aren't. Um, so uh, you know, we owe them just a huge debt of gratitude um, and and uh, I, like I said along the way I think I think they will never forget 
having worked on this project, and, and I think that more opportunities for all of us will just continue to spin out of them. So, well, no, Susan, I, never... I have to ask I have to ask you these last two questions because I ask everyone. Okay. Number one, you've done so much. I don't even know how you'll answer this because you've already accomplished so much in your life. It's unbelievable. But what would you consider as your proudest accomplishment? My proudest accomplishment. Well, you know what? I think um, I think I would have to go back to my um, my children and my family. Um, I think um, you know, growing up with with um, for my boys. I have two other children besides Lauren, and um, first, uh, perhaps my greatest accomplishment was just keeping Lauren going until um, we found a drug that actually has been very successful for her, and that's a that's a word of encouragement for those of you out there still looking for answers, too. Um, she has actually been seizure-free for nine years, um, and we never, ever imagined that. Um, and... Um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, keeping keeping the family afloat. I think it's really a struggle uh, for siblings of kids with with epilepsy. I think siblings of kids with any chronic illness, but um, there's something about epilepsy that um, is so unpredictable. And so often, when when an event happens, it's it's an emergency. And so, just by definition, the other kids kind of get left left out and left behind and um so I think um I think that's the thing I'm most proud of is sort of keeping us together. Now if you interviewed my kids they might say, Oh my God, she was a horrible mother but you know oh, I doubt that. Um and I I, 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 I doubt that them. very much. I'm proud of um, all of them and that, that really I think that you know they're they're each each of them is such a blessing to me. So that's how I would answer Well Susan, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? Well, I again, you know, we I think we've said it, but I will I would continue to say it, you know, we we need to not be embarrassed. We need to be brave. We need to get out there and educate people because I think that the ignorance that's out there is is um what's been holding us back. And so I think we need to take it upon ourselves to be the educators and to to use that word epilepsy and to um, be informed about the severity of it and the prevalence of it, and to support the research that will that will give us answers. And, and hopefully, one day, you know, we can we can all sit back and say we've eradicated this. Um, but in the meanwhile, I think we can make the most progress by by owning it and by saying, yes, this is this is something that that I live with, and I'm I'm going to be strong through it, and I. I hope that you can all sort of respect that about me. But I think, you know, coming together, um, as I said, coming together around the research message is something that any anybody along the spectrum of epilepsy can, um, can really adhere to and really support. So this is an amazing opportunity, Joyce, and I, I thank you for everything you're doing uh, for, for so many people. I know there, a lot of them are out there listening today, I'm sure. Well, Susan, let me tell you what. You are not only helping in research, you are helping in civil rights. And I want to tell you, I know how busy that you and your husband is with, with your life you're leading. The fact that you would take time right now to be on this show, to go across the United States talking about this, for all of you listening, 
Susan Axelrod is out there for people with disabilities across the board, and you should tell all of your friends to listen to this show. It is archived at voiceamerica.com and at benderconsult.com. And as the chairman of the board of the Epilepsy Foundation, I say I will always be partnered with Cure, and it is an honor to know you, Susan. Thank you, Joyce. the, The honor is mine. So I, I thank you, thank, thank you. you so much. Wait, what a way to start off Epilepsy Month! Hey, you put the two of us together. Look out! I mean it. Look out! We're going to just get everything moving. I can't move quite as fast as her, but I'm, I'm following her behind. Thanks again, Susan. <laughs> thank and you, thank Joyce. All, all of you for listening to the show. Be here next week when we continue celebrating National Epilepsy Month. This is Joyce Bender. The voice of voiceamerica.com, where we are not ashamed to say, I am a woman living with epilepsy. See you next week. Bye. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 